you are listening to The Social Hotelier Show, a podcast that inspires hoteliers to create meaningful and memorable experiences for their customers in pursuit of their passion. We share our views and experiences relating to hospitality, technological trends, and also relating to humanity. Here is your host, Sam Eric Rutman. Welcome, Jayant. Hello, Sam Eric. Good afternoon. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. And uh, and we haven't talked for a while. And I think uh, you are, you have a lot of interesting things happening here. You've been analyzing what's happening in the industry, and I think that's very exciting. I'm uh, also been trying to keep up, and I have to admit, uh, I have a little bit of fatigue hearing the word COVID. I have a little bit to have fatigue when somebody talks about new economy. So if there is a way we can, and post-pandemic, I think those are the three words that I get sort of, okay, what else is there going on? <laughs> uh, but uh, it doesn't matter. I think everybody knows where we are. And uh, definitely it's a quite an interesting situation where uh, the area is going to be uh, the tourism countries are opening up and uh, there is opportunity to travel. And uh, what we're going to talk about is we have uh, several topics, in fact, Jayant. And uh, uh, what are the most uh, important deep, deep tech solutions for travel and tourism and why they matter for hotels? We will talk first about the uh, tourism updates and we will uh, finalize about uh, your views on Airbnb as a technological company and as a hospitality brand. So those are the things. Or is there anything else you want to talk about today or are we pretty much in agreement about the topics? Well, I came across uh, you know some very interesting uh, data points, uh, examples and case studies from East Asia. Uh, you know, especially how uh, hotels are using technology. Uh, probably, I know I would like to get into that uh, quickly for about uh, five, seven minutes, uh, you know, towards the end when we're discussing that topic. And then also provide my personal view of, you know, uh, how the hoteliers should adopt technology and, you know, how sh- they should integrate it. Excellent, excellent. That's that's why we have the viewers uh, glued to the screen to hear your, your views. So uh, for the viewers now who are watching us live, uh, I'd like to thank everyone who is joining us live on whether you are on uh, Facebook or, or LinkedIn. And uh, uh, please put your comments. We'd like to know what you're thinking about our show. And and uh, since we have Jay and here online, I think it would be very nice that if you pass on, you know, just any comments you have. And number one, give us a thumbs up if you like uh, these kind of to- topics. Number two, write in where you are watching from. It would be very important to us that we know that uh, what part of the world uh, you are watching us. Uh, it would be very, very nice to know. So we can say hello to you and and uh, bring you into the show also for the moment. But uh, let me, let me, we should talk about uh, the topic that we will start with, latest travel and tourism news as the first lockdowns are li- lifting. So uh, what are the things that you have noticed and what have you read up on from your, from your, from Bangalore looking out from Bangalore? Yeah, I mean, you have to say looking out from Bangalore because most of the news is uh, outside when it comes to travel and tourism industry. You know, not a lot happening in India. Uh, but primarily the news is uh, surrounding airlines, right? I mean, we've seen how uh, Cathay Pacific uh, is getting a $5 billion bailout from the Hong Kong government. Uh, you know, Garuda is restructuring, uh, um, you know, it's... Uh, 
uh, you know, it's, it's finances uh, of to the tune of one, one and a half billion dollars. Uh, it's not taking a bailout, but it's restructuring. Uh, you know, we are already getting, a, I mean, at least I got a list of about 10 airlines around the world. Uh, you know, a bunch of them, uh, US airlines actually, uh, you know, which have uh, gone under, including Virgin Australia, uh, you know, Air Mauritius, Avianca, and Ravnair, Flybeat, and Compass uh, from USA, right? Uh, so a, a lot happening in the airline sector. You know, uh, clearly, and uh, you know, uh, and Europe has opened up. The summer is on, so you know, uh, this is the news that you should uh, throw some light on for me because I'm I'm a outside in uh, you know perspective guy and and theoretical news guy when it comes to this. But tell me what's happening with uh, you know UK closing down its borders and and you know not letting it uh, uh, its tourists to go out uh, into other countries into Europe and trying to get them to much spend money within the uh, within the country. Well, uh, uh, I don't want to politicize this discussion, but I can tell you it's there are a lot of hotels, restaurants, bars, and anyone relying on uh, the livelihood and tourism that are, uh, they're not very happy at the moment. And also uh, when you have the different restrictions that uh, is put in place, uh, it just kind of make you think, well, uh, is it worthwhile to travel to those directions? The key thing in yeah. Europe is that you need to have a long, long checklist of mm -hmm. before you even leave your home to what are the updated restrictions. And they are changing quite a bit. Every day there's something new coming up, but it's worthwhile right. to be cautious. And, and uh, what happens is as a result of that is that people are staying in their home country because they know at least uh, what, is, what is exactly the reality in, in traveling in their own home country. I can only speak for, from personally for, uh, for my wife and myself. We are, uh, we are staying in Finland, and uh, Finland is a beautiful country to explore, and we, that's what we're going to do. And just, I just have the simple, I simply think that there, a lot of people will choose to take their uh, this year's holidays in their home country, and they uh, kind of kiss goodbye 2020 in that way. But when it comes to 2021, they will be definitely uh, planning. They are in in Europe. There are many of the uh, cruise liners who are who has been traditionally providing cruise cruises in the Mediterranean. Some of them are in mm -hmm. fact who are based. Let's say there's a small uh, cruise line that has only two uh, uh, mega yachts uh, uh, who are normally cruising in the Mediterranean at this time of the year. They are cruising in the because they are from Norway. They are cruising in along the Nor Norwegian coastline. And because oh. the cruises have also some challenges, well, uh, there's a history about uh, uh, not too long ago about how people have been getting viruses and they were then quarantined and so on. So as a result of that, uh, there's sort of a little bit of a uh, worryness. Well, uh, you know, after all, it's my holiday. Should I take it? And another thing is that, well, some people think, well, I had three months of holiday here in the spring during the lockdown. So, uh, uh, I think uh, what I need is just a sort of a long weekend doing something and that will be pretty much in my, my own home country or, or the neighboring city or in the countryside, uh, particularly here in the Nordics. Uh, yeah, I think I completely resonate uh, with that uh, sentiment. Uh, just last night I was speaking to a very good friend from Stockholm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I call her a perpetual holiday. I mean, uh, you know, summer or no summer, I, I see her, uh, her husband and her three kids holidaying all the time, right? Uh, so just last night I was catching up with her and I was, you know, asking her, 
you know, the summer's in, so where are you, where are you off to? And she was like, nowhere. I mean, you know, stuck here, uh, taking uh, a friend's uh, summer home for about five days and probably we can move there. But this time not going anywhere. And, it, and it's very surprising because, uh, you know, she's not one of those very fearful or anxious uh, ladies, uh, you know, who get stuck and she has won the last, I mean, uh, right? So I understand that even a very good friend of mine is, a, uh, you know, is a travel blogger in India. Uh, and I was uh, having a conversation with her uh, the other day, uh, Ami Bhatt, uh, you know, and she said that as travel bloggers, we are actually discouraging uh, travelers, uh, you know, to travel even domestically until the end of this year. I mean, you know, just just stay home. They're creating a lot of virtual content, okay, uh, to keep uh, you know uh, travelers and tourists enjoying through uh, you know internet and and YouTube videos. But uh, they're saying you know even as travel bloggers, uh, you know, we are discouraging people from traveling. Uh, so yeah, it looks like 2020 can be written off, yeah. which could be an opportunity. Yeah, uh, you know, for 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 hospitality industry uh, and the tourism industry to make some changes. Uh, you know, that could be long, uh, long term, long standing uh, and, you know, come 2021, second half and beyond could be extremely beneficial. So maybe uh, is that a bridge to our next topic? Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> I want to add one more thing before that, because of uh, sure. I talked to a friend of mine who is uh, operating a hotel in, in Malaysia, a, a very popular resort. And uh, he told me that they're, they're a very slow start. But already next week, they are in the 40% occupancies. Considering the situation, it's quite good. But it's all it's 100% domestic uh, travel. So people, uh, their visitors are all from uh, Malaysia. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So uh, here we're going to talk about deep technologies-based solutions for travel and tourism for the current and post bling 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 era. As I promise not to use this word. <laughs> You just don't want to use that word. No, yeah, no. I'm, I'm uh, getting, uh, <laughs> I'm getting sort of uh, shivers when I yes. hear about it again. Bad thing. <laughs> I no, have to grow I, up, I, but I that's how I feel. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. And and you have all the right to feel that. I mean, it's it's been more than enough, and uh, you know, uh, just that word is uh, you know is is inducing a certain kind of emotions in everybody's uh, uh, you know minds and hearts these days. So yeah. might as well keep keep it away to each their own, actually. Good. So, but me as an industry observer and an analyst and a consultant, I'm actually, you know, uh, tracking some very interesting uh, developments, uh, you know, uh, for the travel, tourism and hospitality industry being developed, uh, you know, from my friends uh, in, in artificial intelligence and computer vision uh, and, and data analytics and, and digital technology uh, entrepreneurs, right? So, you know, one, one set of uh, uh, computer vision, artificial uh, AI-based uh, 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 products and solutions that I'm observing are, uh, you know, camera, CCTV camera based uh, mask identification. Uh, imagine you're in a big, you know, you run a big hotel or a resort. Okay. Uh, and, and now it's mandatory for this year and probably next that, uh, you know, guests should wear uh, while out in the open guests should wear masks. Okay. You cannot all the time, um, you know, uh, monitor that. Uh, but you have uh, your existing cameras, uh, you know, spread across different areas of the resort. You know, those carry uh, those cameras at the back end could be loaded with a computer vision AI algorithm and a software which can identify if people are wearing masks at all the time or not. So, uh, you know, 
basic facial recognition. So that is happening. Again, computer vision, AI-based social distancing. You know, uh, there are algorithms which can calculate if you're six, uh, six feet apart or not, or who is and who isn't. Okay, so some of these things are already ready. They are being implemented in various, uh, you know, outside of hospitality industry, they're being implemented in retail, uh, you know, industry chains, malls, uh, you know, restaurants. So uh, these are some of the solutions that, that, that I'm observing coming in. And, uh, you know, obviously there are uh, personal concierge solutions. Uh, okay, uh, there, are, there are a number of them. Uh, again, a, a good friend of mine, uh, you know, founded this company called RevoX. Okay, uh, they do this uh, complete personalized concierge solution right from self-check-in to room key. Room key, uh, you know, your phone can be your room key unto itself, you know, accessing menus, uh, uh, your lights and your uh, you know electronic appliances within the room your curtains everything can be remotely done uh, you know your spas and gyms uh, 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 you know check in and check out everything so uh, all of a sudden we are looking at you know uh, mobile app and data analytics based uh, personalized concierge solutions also coming in and uh, you know i think some of these solutions are going to be uh, you know long term and long term beneficial uh, both in terms of experience and uh, and we've talked about you know this ex uh, this experience uh, a long time on this particular uh, podcast for almost a year samarik now yeah. right uh, but both from an experience and cost uh, you know cost point of view as well yeah i am reading on linkedin uh, uh, and if uh, rupert pashel is watching this uh, just a shout out to rupert who is a hotel owner in uh, in uh, Florida in the United States, and he's very active mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. And he he talks about the keyless keyless access to hotel rooms, and access. I think it really directs to the discussion we have had already for some time ago. But now it's really popping up on the on the radar for uh, hoteliers. And uh, what you rightly say about those very much these different kind of solutions, they, it just have to be the way it's packaged and the way it's made it uh, easy easy for the hotels to uh, consider, well, is this going to be a short-term solution or am, or am I, yeah. is this going to be for, for long-term? Because the hotels always look at operational efficiency, uh, revenue growth, growth, and uh, anything that will, will, revenue growth and operational efficiency are probably the two key factors that are uh, hotels and hotel owners particularly are looking at. So any solutions that are come up with uh, whether it's uh, sort of the venture capitalist investing into the latest startup or there's something that has been advanced to the uh, past the beta, but now it uh, can be considered a, a reliable software. Those are the things that yeah. we'll be looking at. But I like the idea you're talking about is that uh, the guest uh, messaging or the software that provides these kind of solutions about keyless access. And yeah. because the app itself will hold quite a bit of data for you, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, the app itself holds a quite a bit of data. You know, the the hotel owners uh, can get the preferences about, uh, uh, you know, a complete demographic and psychographic profiling of the guest. Okay, and I'm going to talk about that a little a little later. But uh, my suggestion as an industry advisor to the hotel owners and resort owners is this: when when you're making decisions on implementing some of these uh, technology-based solutions and softwares is that uh, ensure that, uh, you know, 
the software that that you are implementing and the value and the offering that it provides is long term in nature okay uh, you know it doesn't make sense to implement something for for short term and second that uh, it it's very flexible in terms of uh, you know uh, integration with future uh, other softwares right i mean the biggest problem that hotels face today is most of their hms softwares the hotel management softwares are legacy and you know they don't integrate with some of the exist uh, you know new new cutting edge uh, solutions that is i guess one of the biggest issues and and most of the hotel hotels hotel owners they're not in the technology business i mean they, you know they want something very fast and and technology solutions are something that they need plug and play right like electricity they don't want to, they don't need a learning curve they shouldn't be given a learning curve and the third thing i would say is the costing of it right some of these solutions uh you know i would i would actually strongly recommend partnered with uh, players who offer uh, very uh, flexible uh, revenue share uh, you know arrangements instead of you know upfront payment or or capex payment right because you know times are tough for everyone i mean uh, and and especially for an opex heavy business like uh, you know hotels and resorts you shouldn't be involving uh, no matter how much uh, you need that technology solution uh, you shouldn't be spending a big chunk of money upfront in, in implementing it uh, you know if if you have a partner whose business model or monetization model who's going to be willing to be a long term partner with you right uh, that makes a lot of sense so some of the business model uh, you know uh, ideas and flexibility should also be considered while making this decision yeah that's right that's right yeah i, I like the i mean they i just looked at a, a, a product called life house which is tech first hotel experience and that uh, they say that the hotel that invests in tech uh, it, it will be provide higher revenues better guest reviews and higher star rating uh, because these are the things that are coming up but also there are companies now that are doing white labeling so they're producing mm-hmm. the the different so uh, the uh solutions and then uh, the this will be branded according to the to the hotel who or the hospitality company right. that they are providing that service and i think this is one of the key things so you don't you don't always know what who is behind it and it's a thing that's a, it's a selling point uh for example this company that uh, hotel that i talked about in malaysia uh, they have a wonderful uh, uh iphone app mm-hmm. and uh the if you know okay i'm not getting sponsored by them but i have to still tell <laughs> tell you uh, it's uh, the datai lankawi so if the team mm. from datai lankawi is watching this show just uh, uh, best regards from jayant and me look after us if we come and visit you one of these days <laughs> uh, they have a iphone app and uh, uh, i think if you key in uh, the datai or something like that you will you will find them and uh, uh, it was one of best uh, and smoothest apps i have seen f- produced by a uh, individual hotel i was quite impressed so it shows that there's a lot of opportunities there but uh, hoteliers have to be a little bit more bold and not think only about uh, uh, this is rubbish uh, I, my role is to just to co- be the gracious host when the people come to the hotel you have to be a gracious host way before they're coming to the hotel right So I completely agree. And uh, you know, talking of Lankawi, I have some very sentimental, nostalgic attachment to that place. Oh. Uh, we celebrated our uh, daughter's first birthday in Lankawi at the Westin. We stayed at Westin, and uh, beautiful property, beautiful place. Uh, and she keeps telling us, you know, what you went uh, when I was one year old. I don't remember. You have to take me there again. So probably <laughs> the next time I'm there, I'm going to be staying at Dadai. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they will look after you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
And uh, anything else you'd like to add on deep technology? Now, uh, okay, in terms of key technologies and also extending our conversation in terms of how the hotel and resort owners need to look at and, and you know, let's expand this conversation beyond products to what technology can bring to the industry, right? Yes. And in that in that context, let's uh, look at Airbnb. Now, Airbnb has been talked about, uh, you know, I'm sure both in the uh, hospitality industry and in the tech industry. Uh, but, but the way uh, today I want to position uh, Airbnb in our discussion is, uh, in the hospitality industry, uh, uh, you know, there's a uh, there's a there's a huge focus and right rightly so huge gravitas huge weightage on human interaction right uh, you know um, the, the the smile on the face when you walk into the hotel when you walk into the property the, the way you're being greeted uh, you know that those that that courtesy all that is trained you know people need to train and people need to act in a certain way to uh, you know to uh, welcome guests and take care of them and, and stuff like that and here comes you know, a technology company which says I will use uh, a combination of uh, data analytics, digital platform, uh, you know, and marketing, uh, brand building, okay, uh, to convert almost, uh, you know, every other person, a guy who has an extra room in his uh, house into a quasi-hotelier, right? And it did so by how? It, it did so by, you know, putting in some gamification, uh, you know, processes, uh, you know, uh, reviews and ratings uh, and very strict, uh, you know, uh, uh, service, like, service level agreements. And, you know, to a certain extent, uh, people, normal uh, people turned into quasi-hoteliers, right? I mean, everyone had become courteous. Everyone had been maintaining the rooms that the guests have been coming in. Uh, you know, the check-in, check-out times and, and uh, everything has been maintained. So uh, what, and what I want to, uh, you know, uh, for people to take away from the Airbnb example is, uh, you know, that is another extreme, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying every every hotel uh, uh, chain, uh, you know, the Hilton's, Marriott's and the Hyatt's need to become an Airbnb. But I'm saying that there is a lot uh, to be taken, uh, you know, from the, from the way technology and uh, branding uh, and gamification have been implemented by by this technology company okay uh, and there are there are clearly some good takeaways right uh, so for example uh, you're from the uh, you know hospitality industry uh, typically all the gms uh, you know uh, let's say astoria waldorf i mean they know their regular guests right uh, once I've stayed uh, in Astoria, say about 20 or 30 times, the 31st time I walk in, uh, you know, the GM will greet me by name. He knows uh, which uh, room or suit I prefer. He knows what what I, uh, you know, uh, uh, what I uh, prefer to eat and drink. But that all that knowledge is built over a period of years and is uh, and is restricted to that particular person. And mostly GMs work all their lives in a single hotel. Right now, we have technology to transfer the same kind of personal experience and knowledge uh, to, let's say, a 25, 30 year old young uh, uh, person who's, you know, who's fresh in the hotel industry. Uh, you know, the moment I walk in, uh, she knows that Jayanth is coming in and, you know, he's, he stayed here uh, with uh, X number of times. I might be very new uh, into this hotel, but I know, you know, this is my uh, uh, software. I know that he prefers X, Y, Z things and, and she can greet me and, and take care of me. So that is that is something that, you know, data analytics and uh, softwares and, and 
tracking and demographic and psychographic profiling of your guests can do. It need not be too deep into, uh, 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 you know, into knocking on the privacy, uh, you know, uh, or data privacy issues, but it can definitely be used to provide enhanced experience, uh, you know, regardless of who's the, uh, you know, uh, hotel manager there at that point of time. But, you know, the thing is that, the, I mean, the reality with hotel managers, there they are very few that stays the entire career in, in one hotel. Uh, they are like, I think I know a handful who spend, spent most of their career in one hotel. Majority of the hotel managers, they, they stay, uh, well, because everybody's on the contract. So you have you, maybe four, four years. And if you work for a hotel chain, then you are a hotel management company or hotel chain, then you are being rotated uh, uh, maybe every four years because the uh, hotel management company and the owners will feel that we'll need some fresh blood into the hotel. But the, the, that was not really the point. But the point really what you made is that the, the data that can be transferred. So you, so when the new manager comes on board and, and anyone comes on board, they have access to all that data, uh, which can be, uh, and so, so the relationship doesn't start from zero, but the, you can start from where the other person left off, except for that now you are just making that personal uh, uh, connection when you meet the person yeah. for the first time. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But one thing which I found very interesting is that I read that uh, OTAs are uh, having a little bit of a struggle these days because they have always been, uh, as I remember, in the driving seat. And yeah. the contribution to this is, I mean, there are, there are two theories. Uh, one I believe less in, the other one I believe more in. And you, you can tell me what you think. One of them, I believe, is that the, the hotels are becoming smarter of uh, developing hotel direct bookings from their customer base than ever before. Because traditionally, I still know many hotels who say, well, uh, you know, uh, I, let, I let OTAs to uh, bring me the customer. I don't mind paying my 25% uh, commission for, for that service or even more, but at least they're, they're coming to the hotel and, and they're generating me the, the flow. And then it's up to me to uh, get to know the customer uh, when they arrive and make, and also make sure I get their some sort of an email address or make it in a fun way that you have a connection with them afterwards they leave. Now, the, right. there's a second theory, though, is that, the, that uh, Google is becoming stronger in, 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 this, uh, in this game. And I know what do you think about Google stepping into the, uh, or Amazon stepping into the, uh, the, this, this field of, starting to be the place where people will start to book their travel experience? Uh, I think uh, it was on one of your, uh, you know, other hospitality talks where I was uh, a viewer and, uh, you know, I had very strong opinion about uh, Google becoming, a, you know, a, a, an active player in this. I honestly, uh, you know, personally, be, uh, very strongly believe that Google will continue to be an aggregator. Okay. Uh, I do not think that it will get into an OTA game. Uh, number one, because, uh, you know, the OTA game is uh, also very uh, operations-led and executions-led, right? Uh, you need to forge partnerships with different hotels in different countries, uh, you know, uh, and Google's DNA is not that. And Google, you know, Google is an out-and-out -out software and data company, and it looks at, uh, you know, 10x and 100x, uh, you know, moonshot growths, right? Uh, so it, it makes sense for Google to be an aggregator, uh, you know, uh, than get into this game. Uh, and OTAs, you know, like you rightly mentioned, the entire business model of OTA is also on the 
shaky ground because guess what the OTS did? OTS, uh, you know, uh, earlier there were physical middlemen like your tour operators and stuff like that. OTS had had become the digital platforms of that, but essentially in the value chain, you know, they uh, they became the digital version of the middlemen, right? And you know, right now, uh, like we discussed this on the last episode, you know, we urged the hotel owners and the resort owners to build relationship directly with the customers you know provide the uh, reservations so that the customers can uh, guests can directly book and stuff like that and uh, hotels are getting smarter you're right uh, you know and and the very uh, entire ota business itself with that 25% commission okay uh, is is at risk okay to some extent and secondly you have to understand this and and i i'll give you some intelligence i will not name the uh, you know name the player but one of the top 3 uh, you know otas in india right now uh, you know is getting into office supplies business can you believe that office okay. supplies and I'll, office supplies oh. office supplies i'll tell you why okay and there's a reason behind it because most of the otas that have cropped up in the last 5 to 7 years are venture capitalist fund uh, you know funding based okay and now you know when 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 the bookings and the travel is slow uh, all these guys are under tremendous pressure to show returns to the uh, to their investors okay now pressure is catching up with them and they are investing in any business that is you know taking off in this bling bling time so i'm not going to use the word as well on this episode so let's call it bling bling okay during this bling bling time whatever business whatever industry is taking off these guys are investing in that i mean it doesn't matter if it's if it's in their dna if it's adjacent to them and stuff like that they need to showcase returns to their investors so it, that expands uh, extrapolates globally as well globally most of the otas uh, that that you see right now a lot of them are vc uh, backed right uh, and uh, you know they are under tremendous pressure to show returns and they are getting into businesses that they have nothing to do with don't understand very well uh, just leveraging on their uh, you know customer reach uh, data uh, and brand okay so that's another thing so the investor uh, push on the ots uh, you know is also big so the ots right now are stuck uh, both on the demand uh, and the and on the supply side uh, you know they they are under tremendous pressure yeah that's very interesting yeah hey listen i i want to uh, again this thing about the bubble travel, I think uh, yeah. some, so many people have missed this out. And, and could we talk a little bit about bubble travel again and what you see as as uh, where it's, what is it, what it is, and what is the impact on on, on travel uh, for, the, for the period Europe. of uh, <laughs> bling bling. <laughs> Bling bling. <laughs> no, I, I learned a new uh, European uh, word for bubble travel. It's called air bridges, and I, I learned it only today. So, air bridges. Anyway, air bridges. Okay, yeah. very so, good. Bu- yeah, bubble travel. You know, like what we discussed, and and what is being uh, now becoming extremely popular in the travel industry is that you know uh, the world is uh, being demarcated into six or eight regions. Uh, you know, earlier, uh, if you look at even 2019 numbers, right, uh, our Chinese uh, were the highest number of travelers. Chinese made 150 million uh, uh, international trips outside their country, uh, followed by uh, Americans at 85 million. You know, uh, that's a sec- that was the second highest. Okay, uh, then uh, followed by I think Britishers or French at about 71 million. But anyway, Chinese were the most travel. Uh, you know, out international travelers uh, last year. Now, uh, you know. Uh, 
I'll give you an example of China itself. Chinese are not traveling to Europe, US, North America uh, as much or they don't plan to. They plan to travel domestically and uh, uh, to Southeast Asia, to Thailand, Philippines, Indonesia, uh, you know, Malaysia and Singapore, right? And we are looking at East Asia plus Southeast Asia as one region where, uh, you know, uh, people, uh, international travelers are going to travel. Uh, you know, again, if you look at India, India and uh, India, South Asia and Middle East and to some extent Southeast Asia uh, is, is one other region. Okay. Europe, the entire Europe, uh, EU region is going to be one region where people will be traveling unto the, uh, within uh, that region. Uh, similarly, uh, North America and stuff like that. So we are seeing uh, you know about six to eight regions that are coming up uh, that where international travelers are going to be traveling for the next couple of years and these are sort of bubbles right and uh, you know that that's and that's the uh, origin of the word bubble travel because people want to travel as well um, and and they don't want to take long flights they don't want to take eight ten hour or flights or even hops right i mean uh, uh, if if me from Bangalore, India have to travel to US, I definitely have to hop somewhere in uh, Europe, uh, you know, either in London or, or France or Amsterdam, yeah. okay, uh, or in Middle East. And people don't want to do that. And secondly, uh, they want only four to five hour uh, flights. They want to travel internationally, but they want to finish off in a single hop four to five hour uh, flight, right? And and hence these regions are coming up and there are going to be bubbles. So you, you're going to be seeing a lot of travelers. Earlier, Chinese used to travel a lot in Europe and America, and, uh, you know, and, and all over the place. Now you see them restricted to East Asia uh, and Southeast Asia. Indians in South, South Asia, Southeast Asia and Middle East, right? So these are the bubbles that are coming up and, and we are looking at, this bubble travel going to be a phenomenon for the next couple of years uh, until the bling bling goes off completely. <laughs> Every time you say bling bling, I, I'm doing a, a horn here. <laughs> Train horn, okay. Okay. And and air bridges. So uh, what what I learned is uh, now that European summer is on and Europe is you know sort of opening up for tourists. Uh, every country is apparently forming a you know complete uh, immigration bridge uh, depending on the you know pandemic uh, infection rate in that particular country and stuff like that. And and like you mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, right? Uh, you know people in Europe are have a huge long list of uh, uh, you know questions and checks that they need to make uh, so they're trying to you know optimize that so you know uk with certain countries uh, you know similarly france italy spain with certain countries are forming these bridges so you know think of them as bridges uh, uh, where uh, the travel is going to be enabled and optimized and the experience is going to be made as close to you know pre-blimbling times as possible very good. Jayant, uh, this has been a very good session. Again, as always, to catch up with you about what you have learned and then also give my five cents worth of uh, input also. It's I, always a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a quick five-minute case study if, you, yes. if you're up for it. Uh, please, when it please comes do. to yeah, deep, is, deep, deep technologies, right? Yeah. So um, we always uh, have been talking about implementation of deep technologies in the hotel industry and and even in the past when we spoke on this particular podcast we you know talked about examples of uh, japanese hotels and chinese hotels and korean hotels and you know uh, you know korea very well and that market very well you would agree right so with this bling bling coming in what we are seeing is especially in china uh, you know robotic waiters and uh, you know 
contactless is the key word, right? I mean, so robotic waiters, driverless disinfection and sanitation and unmanned smart hotels are, are coming up, right? So I just came across a very interesting case study, okay? Uh, in this unmanned, uh, you know, typically across uh, uh, China, the smart hotels, uh, you know, uh, charge anywhere between $140 to $420 per night, okay? Uh, they are end-to-end, -end, uh, you know, uh, unmanned, wherein, you know, you make a booking uh, through your mobile app and like we talked about, personalized concierge solutions, everything is... Uh, uh, everything is on the mobile app. Uh, their staff to guest ratio is 0.5 to 1. Whereas uh, in a conventional hotel, that ratio is 2 is to 1, apparently. So these smart hotels are reducing that. So there's this uh, you know group of hotels called Leiju uh, in, uh, uh, in China, uh, which started its first smart hotel uh, in Chengdu, uh, in a province, uh, city called Chengdu in October 2017. Since then, they have nine hotels in nine different cities. Okay, they cater to the middle segment, right? Uh, people who, uh, their, their rooms are 35 to $70 a night, uh, you know, uh, uh, middle to low middle segment. But here, here's a very interesting uh, thing. Uh, you know, in the last three, two and a half years, they've already catered to about 670,000 guests. Okay, and... Uh, Typically, conventional hotels need about 80 to 120 rooms to be profitable. Uh, what these guys are saying is they're actually being profitable with 20 rooms. So, you know, smaller real estate, 20. smaller lobbies. 20. Oh. Okay. 20 rooms. Uh, they have, uh, you know, greater than 90% uh, uh, fill rate uh, with 85%, uh, you know, return, uh, 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 you know, return um, uh, guess okay and this is what is uh, interesting they implement uh, artificial intelligence and iot uh, very effectively uh, iot based solutions so for example the moment a guest walks out uh, checks out of the room within 5 minutes the electricity and water is cut off for that room all wow. electronically all all using ai and iot so you know these are the smart smart hotels uh, in fact the founder himself is a uh, is a big uh, a big data and internet of things expert okay and even uh, in january on jan 10th you know bang in the middle of the pandemic uh, in china a chinese uh, you know a hotel technology company called jeju raised about 35 million dollars in series a right to pro yeah to to provide the same set of uh, uh, to to enable hotels with uh, you know converting them into uh, smart hotels so and one other thing that they're doing which i also see uh, a good friend of mine who runs a big uh, uh, you know uh, a big big lounge bar here in bangalore is that uh, you know they are uh, 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 they are uh, they are hiring and paying housekeeping guests on an app you know uh, and uh, without prior training for these smart hotels in, in China, right? On an app and as part-time workers, they're not full-time workers. So that is something that that this, uh, you know, friend of mine is also implementing. He says, most of my uh, footfalls are over the weekend, Friday, and uh, Friday, Saturday night, and, and to some extent on Sunday. So I, why do I need to hire full-time, uh, you know, waiters for the entire week? I hire, uh, you know, part-time uh, college students and part-time youngsters, and he uh, developed an app for that. So this is also another trend that I'm I'm saying so these smart hotels that I talk about you know not be for everyone but we talked about one particular customer segment in the first episode of this particular series called digital nomads yes. right uh, you know now people working from anywhere I mean a work a work from home has extended to work from anywhere so the all these youngsters would love to you know move to different cities stay in for you know two three weeks uh, and explore the place and also work during the day so some of these smart hotels uh, are would be catering uh, you know, to the tech savvy, 
you know efficient uh, uh, digital nomads of guests who are, who are who are of that sort so this is one particular trend that's coming up so and and my personal view is that you know this is one extreme of complete technology usage right internet of things and ai and making making hotels completely humanless uh, you know my personal view is the the reality and the long term reality is somewhere in between yes. right uh, you know uh, a good usage of technology to enable uh, humans uh, uh, for operational efficiency and most importantly uh, to uh, you know enable them to provide that personalized experience to guests as much i still believe as a as a guest i still would want to talk to a human you know not to a robot uh, you know but i would love if 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 that person you know he or she need not be spending 20 30 years uh, in that particular hotel to know uh, know me or any other guest but uh, you know if if they are enabled by technology solutions and data analytics to know some preferences of mine and and, and take care of me yeah so yeah. that the middle ground is 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 always the best yeah yeah absolutely oh well, very good thank you very much for for those information now um if there is any links that you can share we could put that into to those who are looking at the uh, uh, this <clears throat> replay in in uh, in the youtube channel called sam eric rutman uh, in the in the link uh, in the comments i will add some some links that uh, jay and share with me so if you're interested to know a little bit more about some of the topics that was touched and there's an article behind that can be viewed by anyone then we will put it in but otherwise uh, uh, keep on watching and subscribe to uh, the the sam eric rutman the social hotelier youtube channel and also uh if you are don't want to watch our beautiful personalities on on a screen you can listen to us on 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 a podcast and uh, that podcast is uh, the social hotelier podcast uh it will be featured in in uh, in the majority of of the uh, pod ipod channels that available whether it's uh, itunes or google or or what not so please look out for that Jayant, this has been a great, uh, great section again, session again with you, and uh, we will schedule another one sooner than later to uh, give uh, our loyal audience and for all of you who are viewing us some more updates on the hotel tech side. And uh, so, thank you very much again, Jayant. Or is there anything final words you have you like to share? Just rock on, have fun. It's summer already. Exactly. 2020 is not too bad. I mean, yeah. it's 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 a change. Let's have fun. Let's. The most the important, episode. we should have fun. I totally agree with you. Uh, in Helsinki, we are expecting a heat wave. For us, it's uh, 25 degrees really? plus. Doesn't sound like much to you, but believe me, when you're up up here in in the northern hemisphere, 25 is like 45 for you. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. With those words, and uh, thank you very much for for uh, joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us this week on the Social Hotelier Show. Make sure to visit our website b8bhospitality.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes or Spotify, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.